Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for God is good, and God's steadfast love endures forever. Let us worship the Lord our God. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is O God most high, you have made the font of baptism to be the womb from which we are reborn in the waters of life. Grant that all who have been born of water and the Spirit 
may live in Christ as the first fruits of a new humanity, leading others to hope in the rebirth of your whole creation and to serve you with joy now and forever. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace, both those of us worshiping here in the sanctuary of the First Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia and those worshiping in other locations. We are glad and grateful to gather together in Christ's name and welcome. Because our word of welcome is extended in the name of the Lord, that means there are no qualifying adjectives whatsoever attached to it. All are welcome in Christ's house. We do ask everyone, members and guests alike, please to sign the friendship pad, including those of you worshiping in other locations. There is a virtual friendship pad on the same page where you found the link to worship. That way we may know who is with us and around us these days. We would also be very glad if everyone would join us for a time of fellowship at the conclusion of this service, which will take place in Old Buttonwood Hall, which is just out this door to my right, and down a short ramp, and there you will pair that our deacons have prepared you will find our deacons have prepared some light refreshments for us, but most importantly, the opportunity for us to engage with one another more deeply. I'd also like to invite anyone in their 20s or 30s to a TNT brunch today following worship. I will be your host for that brunch, so wait for me in Old Buttonwood and I'll find you as fast as I can, but it'll take me a few minutes to get there to join you. There are a number of items in the announcements portion, which is on the back of your hymn insert that I'd like to highlight for you, but particularly I'd like to highlight the hymn-a-thon. What you may ask is a hymn-a-thon. Andrew has assured me that they will sing the first stanza of every hymn in our hymnal. And there are ways you can participate that involve uh, giving a little bit of money to benefit our choir's tour this summer. Um, perhaps the favorite for some it might be the, the highest ticket item, which is for $500 you can ban a hymn for one year. We have 564 hymns to choose from, so it won't be a, a hardship if you do, but just don't ban my favorite, please. Uh, with that noted, let us continue our worship now with our confession of sin. In the covenant that God made with the prophet Jeremiah, he made this promise to the house of Israel. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will forgive their evil deeds, and I will remember their sin no more. In penitence and faith, let us together confess our sin to Almighty God, first together and then in silence. Holy God, Remind us of our baptism as we prepare to come to your table. Remind us that you have formed us with your own hands, made us in your own image, and placed us in this world to be stewards of your good creation. Give abundance upon abundance. We fail to see spiritual value in every aspect of our lives. We divide the world into spiritual and material and think there are parts of our lives you don't care about. Created for generous living, we have retreated into fear of scarcity. Forgive our failure to live the way you made us to live. 
Renew within us the knowledge of your love so that we may live joyfully sharing what we have. For we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, who gave everything that we might live. the good news. In baptism, you were buried with Christ. In baptism, you were also raised in life with him through faith in the power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Believe the promise of the gospel.
The first lesson today is from the book of Isaiah. It is one of the songs called a suffering servant song, which speaks of the servant who will come and bring justice in the world. Reading from chapter 42. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. This ends the first reading. second reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter is preaching and teaching the crowds, and he summarizes the good news, which is Jesus Christ. Then Peter began to speak to them, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God 
as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This ends the second lesson. Our final lesson is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew. There we read in the third chapter, beginning with the 13th verse and continuing through the 17th. Continue to listen for the word of God to us this day. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty, eternal God, grant now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts may be acceptable, even pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. My friend Tom Long says that you will know the Presbyterians in the kingdom because we will be the ones in the corner clutching our bulletins. However, through the years, I have observed that there are basically two subsets of Presbyterians who attempt to worship together. Now, there's a spectrum, but these are the extremes. Here they are. On the one hand, you have the Reformed liturgical ecumenists. These are the people who love everything about worship. If there are candles, they want a lot of them. If there is a hymn, brass and a descant is not too much flourish for them. Clergy collar and liturgical stole, well, if one is good, two must be better, right? And you can trot out the academicals all you like to boot. These are the folks who love every aspect of worship, who want to parse it out, 
and savor every morsel. We will know them in the kingdom because they will be the ones polishing the silver. Then, on the other hand, you have the word junkies. These are the ones who privilege the sermon above all else. As far as they're concerned, everything else in worship is extraneous and can be allowed to drop away. But mind you, they can be very particular about the sermon. It has to be just so or else. If they grew up on three po points in a poem, they can be reduced to nostalgic size by reading a triptych from Paul and closing with George Herbert. We will know them in the kingdom because they will be the ones who slip in after that messy confession of sin and slip out right after the doxology. I was relaying the particularities of this service to an old friend of mine who is of the word junkie variety, saying that we would be observing both the renewal of our baptismal vows as well as communion, and that while that would make for a very short sermon, I loved the theological message of the movement from the font to the table. She replied, Oh, all you preachers are the same. If you could clutter it up any more, you would. To which I replied, Well, I was sort of hoping to work in a wedding, but I didn't have any takers. That is when she reminded me <clears throat> of one of Winston Churchill's most famous speeches. The story is told that at the end of his distinguished career, he was asked to return and speak at his old school, Harrow, where, as a boy, he'd almost flunked out. The great day finally arrived, and after the school's fanfare and acclamation, Sir Winston stood to his feet, acknowledged the introduction, and gave the following address, which is quoted in full, young men never give up, never give up, never give up, never, 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 never. Well, come to find out, that story isn't entirely true. The speech was nearly two pages long, not two sentences, and it was delivered in 1941 during the Second World War, and what he actually said was never give in, never give in, never, 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 in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to convictions of honor and good sense. Wouldn't it be great to have such a pithy line in reserve at all times? Being a Christian, done correctly, is nothing like a world war. But I found myself this week, more than usual, thinking about what it takes to be church. Because the church that I served in Scotland for a summer held their last service last Sunday, and it put me in a pensive mood of what it takes to be church. They were a post-war new church development in a planned community, which means they were part of the great church boom that happened after the Second World War. My friends, who are still members, wrote to me about the emotions that accompanied that service, and I expect you can imagine what that must have felt like for them, because we invest so much of ourselves in our congregations. Our treasure, our love, our time, 
it takes a lot of people for First Church to be First Church. And I find myself in this, one, in this moment wanting, before we move to the font to renew our baptism, to have something as pithy as what Churchill had to say about what it takes to be church. Because it's true, we, we ask a lot of our offices. We ask our deacons to specialize in the heart of the church, to hold this congregation in the middle of their hearts, to pray for us and to visit us and to notice if we go missing and to send notes. And that's hard work to hold a congregation in your heart. And we ask our elders to specialize in the mind of the church, to keep this congregation always in their minds, to think of the best ways forward for us, to contemplate how it is that we go about discerning what is the will of Jesus Christ for this place, in this moment, in this season. And then we ask them to lead committees and to do it with good cheer. And, and of course, that, that's a simplification. Our deacons use their minds and our elders use their hearts, but we ask a lot of our offices. And we ask a lot of our members. We ask you to give. We ask you to show up. We ask you to volunteer. So I was sort of casting about this week, thinking of something to say to get us cranked up for the year that is to come, because we have a lot to be excited about. <clears throat> and finally it hit me. We have such a word in our text and in our liturgy both today. Our text, of course, is the baptism of the Lord text, you know. Jesus comes to Jordan and asks John to baptize him. And John, understanding baptism the way most of us do, says, yeah, no. No, I can't baptize you. I need you to baptize me. <coughs> and of course he didn't think he could. Baptism is a washing from sin. That's why everybody was out there in the water. That's why we're out in the water. We are all out there together because we need the same thing. We need cleansing of our consciences. We need reparation of our lives. We need renewal to our relationships. We're all out in that water because we need the same thing. We're all in this mess together because we need the same thing. And John, understanding baptism the same way we do, said to Jesus, yeah, you don't need that. But Jesus turned John's understanding on its head and gets out in the middle of the water with everyone else and says, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because God is in this mess with us. Jesus stuck out in the middle of the Jordan with us points to a simple, central truth. When God gets into something. God doesn't get dragged down in the process. God lifts up the process. When God encounters the dirt, God doesn't get dirty. God transforms the dirt. When God gets into the mess, God redeems the mess. 
And that is as clear and simple a word as I can think of for this church to hear in an anniversary year when we celebrate all the work that has sustained this congregation for 325 years, that we are all in this together, and God is in this with us. We are reminded that every time we baptize someone, adult or child, here at First Church, because that is the commitment of baptism, the commitment we will invite you to renew in just a few moments. Because we make commitments when someone is baptized, and the church makes a commitment to us when we are baptized. And it seems altogether fitting to me that when we leave the font, we will then share in the Lord's Supper, that joyful feast of the Lord, where we once again celebrate Christ's presence with us. It's so simple. We are in this together, and God is in this with us. That is the heart of the message to the church today in both word and sacrament. We are in this mess together, and God is in this mess with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
this point in our service, we are invited to renew the vows of our baptism. Hear these words of our Lord Jesus Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And hear again these words from the Apostle Paul. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, so we too might walk in newness of life. The promise is for you, for your children, for everyone whom the Lord our God calls, for all who are far away. So obeying the word of our Lord Jesus Christ in confidence of his promises, we baptize those whom God has called, and today we come to renew our baptisms. Because in baptism, God claims us and seals us to show that we belong to God. God frees us from sin and death, uniting us with Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and joined to Christ's ministry of love, peace, and justice. So let us remember with joy our baptism. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? I will be God's Please rise and let us together profess what we believe. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, he descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God. You come to judge the quick and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. We pray. came upon him and revealed him to us as your beloved he calls his followers to be baptized as he was to enter into your beloved community holy God we ask you to bless this water that all of us who are baptized will find here the remembrance of our own baptisms May we be reminded that we are cleansed of the water of life and filled with your spirit may we know that we are loved as your children 
safe in Christ forever. Amen. And you are invited during communion or after worship to dip your fingers into this font, perhaps to touch your forehead, and to remember that you are beloved by God now and forever. You may be seated. As the apostles of the early church brought the good news of salvation to the Gentiles and raised tithes for the work of the church's mission to be a light to the world, so we bring gifts and tithes for the work of this church's mission today as we reach out to the world with the good news of Christ's saving presence. You may bring gifts during the offertory to place them in the plates give online, or bring your gifts after the service.
pipe organs are complex creatures with thousands of pipes and fuses and wires, and ours has decided it does not want to finish the service with us today. So the rest of the service will be unaccompanied with the support of our, our choir. So let us rise now and sing together our doxology. Let us pray. Eternal God, from the abundance with which you have gifted us, we have all that we need. Indeed, we have more. We ask that you would bless our offerings and multiply them and use them, that we might see your kingdom at work among us, through Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the Lord, and Scripture teaches that people will come from east and west and north and south to sit at table here with our risen Lord, who is even now the unseen host at this table. We read from the pages of the gospel that it was at table when the disciples recognized their Lord as he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened and they knew him. Even still, we are invited to come to this table and to know our Lord Jesus Christ who calls all, who calls you. Let us pray. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, God of majesty and splendor. By your power you created all that is, making a universe out of chaos and ruling over all things in love. Throughout the ages, you called your people to love and serve you and to be your light among the nations. When we failed you, you did not fail us and sent prophets to call us back to your ways. We praise you that in the fullness of time, you revealed your love by sending your son Jesus to be the light of the world. He came to heal our brokenness and to set before us the ways of justice and peace. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Blessed is the 
You are holy, O God of majesty. <clears throat> and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. He was born to dwell among us full of grace and truth. In him we have seen your glory. He lived for you, spoke your truth, and showed your love. Lavished with gifts from the Magi, he gave his life for others. Baptized by John in the Jordan, he poured out his mercy for all. Turning water into wine at a wedding, he transformed sorrow into joy. In his death on the cross, he overcame death. Rising from the tomb, he raised us to eternal life and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation this bread and this wine and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we await the day of his coming. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these, your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Illumine our hearts, O God, with the radiance of Christ's presence, that our lives may show forth his love in this weary world. Send us to befriend the lost, to serve the poor, to reconcile our enemies, and to love our neighbor. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Then now let us pray together in the words which Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night in which he was betrayed in an upper room, our Lord took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his friends and said to them, Take, eat, 
This is my body, broken for you. Do this, remembering me. And in the same manner, after they had supped, he took the cup. And he gave it to his friends, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant, sealed in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you. For as often as you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's saving death until he comes again. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep the feast.
Let us pray together once more. Loving and gracious God, from east and west and north and south, you have gathered us at your table, called us your beloved, and fed us from your body. Transform us to be your body in the world and fortify us by your spirit so that we may serve you and our neighbors with great joy. Amen. Now go as God's beloved who have been to Christ's table in the sure and certain knowledge that you will return to this table in this life or in the life that is yet to come. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance on you and those you love and give you peace both this day and forevermore. Amen.